RadioInfluence.com. Welcome back to the Lawfather Podcast. As always, we are here in Lawfather Studios, right within Lawfather headquarters. Check us out on YouTube. You can check out the full show on YouTube. And obviously, if you're listening to the podcast, you can listen to it wherever podcasts are. Those of you on Facebook, excuse me, Instagram Live and TikTok Live, how you all doing today? Uh, got a really interesting show for you all today. We are going to talk about Roe v. Wade and the new case, which is Dobbs v. Jackson's Women's Health. Okay, so to just start off on a baseline, Dobbs v. Women's Health is the case that is really getting all the press now because it has basically overturned Roe versus Wade. Okay, and let's just let's just put the cards out there. Okay, me personally, I don't really care what anybody does as long as it doesn't affect me. Okay, that is just my general philosophy in life. So we're going to talk about controversial controversial topics today. I can't even say controversial, but we're going to talk about controversial topics. And you know what? We're going to look at it from the legal perspective, right? And I think that's really an important thing because I would like to believe, and I know, I know I'll get comments on Instagram and TikTok and anywhere else, okay, that... Look, this is all political. I would, deep down, I would really like to believe that the Supreme Court is not about politics, that the Supreme Court is not Democrat, that the Supreme Court is not Republican, okay? I would truly like to believe that. I truly do believe that, okay? I believe that based on the way the Roe v. Wade decision was written, way back about 50 years ago, we are where we are today, all right? Now, a few things, okay? Let's look at, let's look at a couple different things. Let's look at what some of Roe v. Wade said. I think that's an important place to start, okay? We're talking about Roe v. Wade. We're talking about the overturning of Roe v. Wade, and we're all assuming that Roe v. Wade was all about protecting a woman's right to an abortion, okay? But what if I told you it wasn't? What if I told you Roe v. Wade had literally nothing to do with a woman's rights? Would would you be surprised? Would you be shocked? Are those of you who are on the live right now sending me comments that are nasty? I don't have Jason, that Jason monitoring that. That is like, oh my God, no. How dare you say that Roe v. Wade was not about protecting women's rights? Well, sorry, I guess to to quote um, Brittany, who's been on this show before. I think she said this on on uh, on uh, social recently. Uh, sorry, not sorry. Right. All I all I like to look at is the legal side of this. Okay. So me looking at it, it's not political. Okay, it's not. I, I don't have a dog in the fight, right? I, that the old legal term. You know, I don't have a dog in the fight. I just don't. Okay. Um, now, like I said, if it's if it's not something that affects me personally, I, I honestly don't care what you do behind closed doors um, and all that. And, and that 
transcends more than more than just this topic. Okay, but consider this: the Constitution is made for people of fundamentally differing views, and the accident of our finding certain opinions natural and familiar, or novel and even shocking, ought not to conclude our judgment upon the question whether statutes embodying them conflict with the Constitution of the United States. Okay, that was pretty early on in the Roe v. Wade opinion. All right. I can't stress enough, that opinion was not about women's rights. You know what that was about? Okay. The decision in Roe v. Wade was about a doctor's rights. That's what it was about. Yes, Jane Roe was the plaintiff in that case. Okay. It was about her, right? But the case itself, if you actually read the opinion, the case itself was all about the doctor's rights, okay? And the doctor's rights to, to the doctor's right to do what they think is best, okay? So what Roe did was it actually broke, and, and this makes sense because this is how they break pregnancies down, is broke it down in the trimesters, first, second, third, okay? So let's look at it from that standpoint. We're talking about trimesters and what Roe addressed was the first trimester, okay? Second and third trimesters, based on this ruling, you couldn't have an abortion. That was it. The doctor could not allow an abortion to happen, okay? There, there were exceptions to that, right? Um, and, and some of it had to do with the health of the mother. So there, there was that carve out uh, on some of it, okay? But trimester, three months, right? You have three of them. Pregnancies are nine months, but actually, Jason, I don't even know this. It's like actually 10 months. If you if you look at the amount of weeks when you go to the doctor for it, it's actually, it comes out to 10 months. But anyway, everybody calls it nine, so we're going to call it nine, okay? First three months, so think 90 days. Then we have uh, the next three months, which is 180 days, and then, then the following three months. So then the last three months is, well, when you are supposed to have the baby. So there is that, okay? And... Um, so what we want to look at is in the first trimester, this is what Roe says, that in the first trimester, the abortion decision and its effectuation must be left to the medical judgment of the pregnant woman's attending physician. Okay? Not that it is up to the woman's right to choose. Okay? Now, this is important, right? Because everything that has gone on since the Supreme Court came out with their Dobbs ruling has all been about, wow, the woman has a right to choose. In practicality, that is what Roe became. The problem is, it wasn't written like that. The opinion in Roe was not written as a woman's right to choose. And we're getting into a little bit, right, with one of the Supreme Court justices who, very, very liberal Supreme Court justice, who thought that Roe was actually bad law. Or... Maybe not bad law, but very weak law, okay? A little bit of a profit, if you will, because this is from, you know, some years, about eight years ago that, uh, that this analysis was done, okay? So if we look at the stage subsequent to the end of the first trimester, the state in promoting its interest in the health of a mother may, if it chooses, regulate the abortion procedure in ways that are reasonably related to maternal health, okay? So first trimester, there we have it, and it has to do with 
the physician. Okay, and, and and they talk about that actually the pregnant woman it can't be isolated in their own privacy, right? Why is that? Why why would we look at it and go, well, hey, the the pregnant woman it's all her decision, it's all her privacy, right? And what they go on to say is that there's an embryo and later a fetus, and and it's not just about a single. And I don't want to get into the philosophical of when life begins. I, I have literally zero interest of having that philosophical conversation. Okay. But the court is concerned about that. It's not just one individual's privacy. Okay. And, and they talk about the, they, they use the words and, and there's two cases row. And then there's, there's another one um, that, that talks about, they talk about potential for human life and, and they kind of skirt around what that meaning is. And they never really, in those opinions, get to what the meaning of life is, really, essentially when life begins. Why? Because the Supreme Court doesn't get into issues that they don't have to get into, right? So if it's not something that is important to the case at hand, they don't get into it, okay? And because they were talking about a doctor's right, not the woman's right, right? They didn't have to get into making and determining the definition of when a fetus or an embryo is a viable, living, breathing human being, okay? Now, mind you, also remember, right? This was 50 years ago. How much has changed in the last 50 years, right? Let's just take a topic that most of us, I think, can, can wrap our head around a little bit more than, than the, the concept of whether an embryo is a, a, a living person or not, right? Jason's giving me this look like, what the heck are you about to say? Okay, those of us who are sports fans, think about the change we've seen in the NFL, not just in 50 years, but in the last, what would you say, Jason, five or 10 years, okay? Because we have learned so much medically about how getting hit in the head affects you right? Huge medical advancements, right? Let's apply that same logic to this topic. What do you think the odds are that the abilities medically to detect and have a better understanding of what's going on inside, right? Because that's the key with the brain in the NFL is they're starting to get a better understanding of what's going on inside, right? Well, and that's a short time frame. Let's take the 50-year time frame of Roe v. Wade to today, 2022. And let's just give the medical people the credit to assume that, and I'm just going to make the assumption, that they know a whole lot more of what's going on internally now than what they did back when that decision was made. And part of the rationale, if you read through, okay, if you actually read through, which I did, right, the actual decision by the Supreme Court, their rationale really very much came from what they knew at the time medically, what was considered basically a, a living, breathing human being, okay? Maybe inside, but what was considered a viable, we'll call it a viable life form, okay? Now, look, I, this thing, it, it's it's a moving target, right? In the state of Florida, for example, you have there's some areas of law that a fetus is considered a person, Right? There's other areas of law where it's not. A car crash, for example. Right, Mother loses a baby in a car crash. That baby doesn't have... The baby, uh, uh, um, 
what's the word I'm looking for, Jason, a, a, a pregnant woman has a miscarriage and, and loses the baby in the crash, right? It's not a born baby, a, a non-born baby, right? I'm um, really struggling through that one. The state of Florida does not consider that a person. So there's no claim for that. There's no quote-unquote wrongful death action for that. But there's other areas of law that that same fetus or embryo is considered a person in the state of Florida. So we're talking about a moving target that even within single states hasn't really been figured out and really kind of dialed in on exactly what it is. Okay, so when we look back at Roe, you know, they talk about that, you know, Texas may override the rights of pregnant women that are at stake. They repeat, though, that the state does, does have an important and legitimate interest in preserving and protecting the health of pregnant women, of, of the pregnant woman, whether or not she be a resident of the state or a non-resident who seeks medical, comp, uh, medical consultation and treatment. And that it is still another important and legitimate interest in protecting the potentiality of human life. That these interests are separate and distinct. Right. So there's just there's a lot going on. Right. And it's not as black and white, I think, as everybody would try to make it. And and look, this is a legal opinion. It's not a political thing. Right. So let's let's keep in mind. All right. Um, and, And what they go on to say is that for the period of pregnancy prior to this compelling point, and they put compelling in quotes, the attending physician in consultation with his patient is free to determine without regulation by the state that in his medical judgment, the patient's pregnancy should be terminated. If that decision is reached, the judgment may may be effectuated by an abortion free of interference by the state. Okay, so a lot of medical pieces here, right? Now, what do we hear that that talking about? That last paragraph that I just read is very, very important. Nowhere in that does it say that the woman and the woman alone has the right to do this. Okay? This is that the physician, in consultation with his patient, is free to determine. The physician is free to determine. Okay? That's a very, very important point. So... Which is why it was very weak law. Which is why it was very easy to be overturned. Yes, it took 50 years to do it, but we got there. Okay? Now look, maybe, crazy thought, okay? Maybe the Supreme Court in Roe was just setting this off to the side. Giving just enough to allow this to continue, right? Because who makes the law? Right? Not the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court makes case law, which is an interpretation of actual laws, right? Follow me here. Who had 50 years to figure this thing out, okay? I'll tell you who had 50 years to figure this thing out. The legislature, you know, the House of Representatives, the Senate, right? Then to be signed by the executive branch, the president. And yet nobody did. Everybody just relied on this. Now, you may be saying, well, who are you to say Roe is weak? Roe is, Roe is potentially bad law, right? Well, I have, I have a little uh, nugget in my back pocket here. And her name is Ruth Bader Ginsburg, okay? Years ago, Ruth Bader Ginsburg 
is quoted saying how bad law Roe is, or at least how weak of a law Roe is. Now, let's let's remember, let's just take a step back and, and remember Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She was appointed by President Clinton, all right? She was super liberal, right? So be that as it may, keep keep in mind because I think when we when we track where abortion falls on the political stance, right? Liberal, more towards abortion, conservative towards um, not abortion, pro-life. Okay. Ruth Bader Ginsburg was theoretically, at least from a, from a political standpoint, on the side of abortions. Okay. She says, her quote, Roe isn't really about the woman's choice, is it? It's about the doctor's freedom to practice. It wasn't women's centered. It was physician centered. All right. And I think that's really very, very important. And anytime we're talking about the Supreme Court and, and we're talking about these decisions, these decisions relate back to the Constitution. And these decisions relate to the not just the Constitution, excuse me, the, the Constitution and the amendments. OK, the amendments to the Constitution, which an amendment by definition becomes part of that document. OK, what Roe was based on was the Fourth Amendment, all right? And it was based on the physician's right. It had nothing to do with anybody's right to life, liberty, and happiness, okay? You know why? Because that doesn't reside in the Fourth Amendment. That resides in the 14th Amendment. The 14th Amendment guarantees you, as an individual, life, liberty, and all those things that are in the 14th Amendment, right? Okay, so Roe was was ripe to be overturned from the beginning. And maybe the court knew that when they did that. Who knows? Maybe these justices are sitting there thinking, wow, how did this thing last 50 years? How did it not get overturned before? Right. So that's that's what we have. Right. We have the ultra liberal Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Right. And, and and look, she became kind of a, a pop culture icon and, and I think kind of a, a figure for, you know, those who are, are real liberal, um, you know, just before her passing. Right. I mean, she was uh, RBG. You, you don't get initials unless you're really cool, like Eakin and, and uh, what is it? L, L what Lawfather Studios, LS something. Anyway, LFS. LFS. Thank you, Jason, for the assist. Right. So. Unless you're really big in pop culture, you don't get your initials, right? And, and you know what it what it did. The way that ruling was done in Roe, it really gave the ability to go on and be attacked over and over and over and over again, right? Because it was never about the woman's rights, right? It was always about the physician's rights. Now, if we can find a way to make it about the women's rights, now all of a sudden. You have a whole different case, okay? But let's also look at one other thing. Roe was overturned, but in no way did anything that has happened in the Dobbs case say, you can't go have an abortion, right? What Dobbs essentially did was say, on the federal level, we're not going to make, we're not going to, we're not going to allow the federal government to make any determinations as to whether or not you can have an abortion, whether or not the states can make laws regarding abortions, right? Which 
if we look back, if we track, if we take the emotions out of it, right, our entire country, our entire constitution is built on state rights. Everything that we have is really built on the premise that the states get to choose their laws, that the residents within those states elect officials to work for them within their state, and that every state is different, okay? Let's take two extreme examples of that. I don't know, we'll call it Alaska and Florida, right? Do you think that Alaska and Florida should have the same laws and rules across the board? Or do you think that there's some things that people in Alaska might want or need to do that people in Florida would have absolutely no need and vice versa, okay? Um, one I can think of off, off the top of my head, and I know they, they changed the law on this a couple years ago, fireworks. Fireworks are completely legal. At least I haven't read the, the new. I, they changed it two years ago. But prior to two years ago, fireworks in the state of Florida were completely legal pretty much for any purpose as long as, you, as, long it, as long as it was used for agriculture, right? So if you needed to move some cattle, if you needed to light off a firework, completely legal. Do you think Alaska has a big cattle industry like Florida does? I'm going to go with no, right? So why would, why would Alaska need the same set of laws, right? And, and that's just one, one simple example. So what this is saying is when you overturn Roe, this isn't saying that abortion is all of a sudden done deal, closed out, you know, it's not going to happen in the U.S. No, what it's saying is the states have the right to choose, right? The states have the right to elect officials and have those officials make laws that should, at least theoretically, right, reflect the will of the people that they represent, right? Think about it like this. You have California and Texas, two of the biggest states in the country, right? And quite frankly, I think they're on exact opposite ends. California, super, super liberal. Texas, super conservative. I'd say Florida's edging towards close to Texas, but I think Texas still probably wins out as probably being the most conservative state in the country. And we all know California. California, uh, although New York might be a close second, but California is, is most likely the most super liberal, super liberal place in the country, right? Nothing in Roe stops California from wide open, right? Set your laws, do what you want, have your abortions. It also does nothing to prohibit Texas from saying, we're not going to allow it, right? Now, remember, Texas actually had passed a law fairly recently within the past year or two that allowed doctors to be sued by private individuals who were not part of the abortion, okay? So Texas has always been, and Texas was actually the, uh, the state that, that, that got us into the Roe v. Wade. That's where Roe was. Uh, it started off in Texas, okay? So it doesn't prevent Texas from making laws prohibiting abortions, but it also doesn't prohibit California from passing laws that allow abortions. So think about that. Right. Think about that as you're seeing these protesters saying, hey, women's rights. Hey, they're not allowing abortions. Mm, fact check that because it's not true. Right. Remember, Roe was never about women's rights. Roe was about physicians rights. Read the the Supreme Court opinion on it. It's all I, you know, I, I, I don't know. Call me crazy, but I read it, analyzed it. And that's what it says. And it turns out 
you know, I had a little assist to kind of think of it from that perspective from old RBG. All right. Let's look at let's look at Dobbs, though. Right. And, and, and let's look at this was a Mississippi case. Right. So this started in Mississippi, went up to the United States Supreme Court and they had passed a gestational age act. Right. And what it said was said was that except in a medical emergency or in the case of severe fetal abnormality, the statute prohibits abortion if the probable gestational age of the unborn human being has been determined to be greater than 15 weeks. That's what this is about. This is about 15 weeks. Okay. And this is what overturned Roe. Okay. And, and basically what that means is it's saying that the Mississippi law is good law. It's allowed to be like that. Okay. Because remember, if we, if we go back to Roe, Roe is actually, if you read through it, meant to be based on the medical knowledge of the time. Right. And, and they didn't give, unfortunately, I guess fortunately or unfortunately, depending on what side of the fence you're on. Right. I like things to be neat and clean and to know exactly what things are, right? In Roe, they didn't give us a time, right? They gave us this very superfluous first trimester, second trimester, third trimester. Yes, you can convert that into times, but they didn't give us a real, what we call in the legal world, our, our world our, a bright line on it, right? Dobbs gave a really, Mississippi's law gave us a really bright line, 15 weeks, right? Come in in week 14, you're good. Come in in week 15, not good, okay? And, you know, really the court goes on to say that, you know, that abortion does, it presents a profound moral question, right? The Constitution does not prohibit the citizens of each state from regulating or prohibiting abortion. Think about that, right? It does not prohibit the citizens of each state from regulating or prohibiting. That means the reverse is also true, right? It also allows the citizens of the state to not regulate it, to not prohibit it. I guess it's a medical procedure, so you're not going to get around regulation, right? I mean, good God, if we didn't regulate it, it would be bad, right? I, I just think about it. Right? Oh, medical is regulated. Let's just let's just agree that anything to do with anything medical is regulated by some sort of governmental entity. Right. So let's just let's just start there. Right. But what they go on to say is we now overrule those decisions, those decisions being Roe and Casey, uh, and return that authority to the people and their elected representatives. We come back to the reading of the Constitution and the Constitution. I promise you, our founding fathers did not write the Constitution with the thought in mind that they would be arguing over abortion with it. Call me crazy, but 1776, I think they had more problems than uh, worrying about abortions or not abortions. So what they said was that the people of the states should decide what's right for their state, right? That is all the overturning of Roe did. I would fully expect us to see new opinions in the future. Absolutely expect it. I would not be shocked if we didn't see some sort of federal federal legis legislation on the topic. I wouldn't be shocked if we saw that. And I also wouldn't be shocked if we get another Supreme Court case that 
I don't know if I would say that it would overturn Dobbs. I'm not sure that Dobbs is necessarily in a position to be overturned because I, I think what you'll see is you'll have new laws that come in and those new laws will be challenged. Dobbs will likely be referenced, but I don't think you'll have this true quote unquote overturning of it. So difficult topic today. Remember, I look at it from the legal sense. Okay. So I don't want anybody to be offended by any part of it today. I'm just a lowly lawyer looking at these things from a lawyerly perspective. And that's that. All right. Right here from Law Father Studios, LFS. Thanks, DJ Eakin. Oh, yeah. By the way, check out Eakin on Radio Influence. Check out Jason on Radio Influence. And uh, I believe my boy Ian Beckles is still on Radio Influence. And those of you down, I think she's in Fort Myers. Check out Brittany. She's good people. All right. That said, Lawfather out. Lawfather out.